This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hi, everyone. I'm Bev Jones, and this is Jazzed About Work, where we talk about everything that might have an impact on your career. Our guest today is Dr. Stephen Brewer, the medical director of Canyon Ranch. That's a group of pioneering wellness resorts. Since the ranch was founded 40 years ago in Tucson, Arizona, it's led the way in crafting vacations that not only are fun and luxurious, but that also offer innovative approaches to supporting your health and wellness. Sometimes health resorts attract guests who are the kind of people who push themselves to career extremes. And then when they get burned out, they want to get some balance, and so they throw themselves into extreme exercise and diet programs. But Dr. Brewer says that doesn't make sense. In his latest book, What Happened to Moderation?, he suggests a practical, common-sense approach to caring for your well-being. And today, he'll offer us tips for a wellness program that supports our health instead of challenging us to be superhuman. Dr. Brewer, I'm excited, although maybe more than moderately excited, I'm excited about your new book um, because you are such a, a leader as the medical director at Canyon Ranch. You're such a leader in the latest thinking about how to promote a healthy life. But I, I want to read um, the title of the book because it's kind of long, and this title, it tells a story itself. The title is, What Happened to Moderation? A Common Sense Approach to Improving Our Health and Treating Common Illnesses in an age of extremes. It is an age of extremes. And I, I think that um, people will be eager to hear what you have to say. But before we get into the book, could you tell us a bit about Canyon Ranch? It's a place uh, where my husband and I have gone off and on over the years, and it's it's changed our lives. But I don't know if everybody else is familiar. What What's the philosophy and what is it that makes it so different from other kinds of resorts? Well, Canyon Ranch, a lot of people don't, not have heard, a lot of people haven't even heard of it, but it's been around for 40 years now. They're actually celebrating their 40th anniversary this year. And it was started by a guy named Mel Zuckerman, uh, who basically was kind of out of control in his life, uh, was a, a developer here in Tucson, really bright guy, but uh, knew that, you know, he was not very healthy, overweight, probably doing a little smoking, probably drinking a little bit too much alcohol, and just said, finally looked in the mirror and said, I need to do something about this. So he goes to a, a spa in Ojai, California, and he went there for three days. He called his wife up after about a week saying, I better stay here, and I think you ought to come over here with me. So he stayed for a month, and, he, and it was so... Um, he couldn't even walk 100 yards, and now he's running two miles. He's lost 20 pounds, feeling the best he's felt in years. And he said, I need to take this philosophy back home. So he, he and his wife looked around and found this old dude ranch here in the canyon, in Sabino Canyon, 
And that's where it started. And it was started with this sense of uh, how can we uh, be healthier? And that was his philosophy. It was very different than a lot of the typical quote unquote spas out there, which are wonderful. They do some wonderful things and sort of healing waters, a lot of massages, and we do that here. But it's beyond that. I mean, he, he felt that uh, it's important to develop this bubble of, of, of health. And what do I mean by that? I've had, it's kind of interesting over the years when I was in private practice before I came here, and I've been here now 15 years, I would see patients and, um, you know, I, I knew they were overweight, they were out of control in their life, maybe doing some things, probably habits that were not good for them. And I would advise them to uh, go see a nutritionist, um, see get get involved with uh, maybe one of the local fitness centers uh, and also maybe uh, they ought to deal with their marriage that seemed to be falling apart and i'd see them a year later and their marriage is still falling apart they've gained 10 pounds more and they're still eating caribou and going to mcdonald's every day and and it was because they went, went right back into their environment the beauty of our place is we have this incredible healthy environment but I've got them under the bubble for for a week or longer, and they learn to live this healthy lifestyle. It's not a lot of super rocket science, you know. We know, but we do. Uh, we don't just put what we think is healthy food out. We have nutritionists. We have people that have done, and they're all masters and above level. And their job is to look at all the research and what is the science out there. What is the best diet? And what is the best diet that's palatable? It does you no good to tell somebody to eat this great food because it's really healthy for you and you don't want to eat it. And so palatability, I think, has been really important. We try to do things here in terms of exercise with masters and, and uh, above-educated uh, people in terms of exercise physiology. And again, we meet you where you are and increase your exercise program. And we live in a world of stress now. And by dealing with a lot of stressful uh, events and sitting down with a counselor is helpful. So our philosophy is basically putting you in, in this wonderful, healthy, scientifically based environment. And uh, we mix it up and you come out usually pretty good. So you moved from um, I guess starting your career as a family practitioner, you described yourself somewhere as a country doctor. And um, then at some point 15 years ago, after a, a distinguished uh, career in medicine, you arrived in Canyon Ranch in the bubble where um, there is a whole community of people who are trying to be healthy. Did it have an impact on how you manage your own health? Well, it's so interesting you say that. Um, when I came here, I had been, uh, I was a country doctor for several years, then actually went back into uh, uh, education. I was teaching for a while, then went to a suburban practice. But in, in the middle of that suburban practice, I became a director of integrated medicine for a hospital system. And I, that was one of the reasons that I was uh, able to come to the Canyon Ranch because of my position there. And I walked in kind of full of myself thinking I'm going to bring in all this great new information. And it was didn't take me very long to realize that I was going to probably learn more than they were going to learn from me because it, it's uh, – it's it, 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 you go to a higher level. It's not like I okay. I exercise three times a week. You look around you, and everybody's exercising four and five times a week. You you don't think about you know like well normally in the in the real world, God oh gosh what's a little ice cream here or there? Well sure ice cream is fine once in a while, but you know only on special occasions. And you, it's amazing when you're placed in this environment how much better you improve. And I ended up 
losing 10 pounds. I really wasn't out to lose 10 pounds. I just got did a healthier life. And also, I think my my mental status seemed to improve better because uh, we focus on mindfulness here and um, meditation and relaxation. And I didn't realize that uh, my life was kind of uh, a little stressful. And by doing uh, some very simple techniques uh, that, that were not extensive, I was able to relax better and sleep better. The things you're talking about um, don't necessarily sound moderate, I bet, to some of our listeners exercising five times a week and um, um, trying new things. What do you mean by moderate? And, and what are some keys to a moderate approach? And, and, and what's the extreme approach do you think that maybe people are going overboard with elsewhere? Well, when we look at extremes, uh, the first thing we think about is politics, unfortunately. We see the you're either extreme, extreme right or extreme left, and uh, no, there seems to be no in-between world. Uh, it's happened also with, in terms of our health and our education here. I mean, with exercise, for example. Um, anymore, people feel like if you're not running a marathon... If you're not joining one of the Spartan groups, if you're not doing CrossFit every day, then you must not be exercising. I get it. It's funny. Uh, it's all, almost invariably every other day I will get somebody come up to me and say, Dr. Brewer, I, I understand you're a runner. Well, how many marathons have you run? I said, well, I've never run a marathon. And they just look at gas. Like, how can you consider yourself uh, being an exerciser if you're not running marathons? You know, those are the extremes. We, it's been shown that if you exercise for 150 minutes a week, okay, which is about 30 minutes five times uh, a week, if you exercise and get your heart rate up so you know that you're pushing yourself, kind of an easy way of determining whether or not you're getting your heart rate up is take your age and subtract it from the number 220. And that's kind of a guesstimated maximum heart rate. And if you can exercise in a range of keeping your heart rate between 70% of that and 85% of that, you're doing a good cardio exercise. And that's and but that's not killing yourself. That's not out for long hours. Um, I get up in the morning five days a week and I go for a run about three miles, which is takes about 30 minutes. It's so important because that simple 150 minutes a week is probably more powerful than any kind of medication you could ever want to take. It's been shown to decrease the risk of you developing at least 35 different chronic ailments. And so it's a, it's, it's a no-brainer. And, and when people look at real athletes and people are out there for hours and hours exercising, they'll think that, you know, that's what we're comparing ourselves to. I'm talking about a moderate exercise is 150 minutes a week. So I have a lot of uh, coaching clients who have big jobs, high-stress jobs, and I know that there are a lot of uh, guests like that at Canyon Ranch, people who work all the time. And when I talk to them about fitness as part of being their best at work, they often give me one of two excuses. Either they say they can't possibly exercise because they are just so busy and they have such big jobs, or they say they've already got health problems and they can't exercise because their knee is bad or they don't have enough breath and they don't want to have a heart attack. Do you hear those two excuses all the time? And 
these are not from the extreme people. These are the people who don't know how to get started. What, what do you say to try to move them past those excuses? I tell them, first of all, exercise is just as important as eating. It's just as important as sleeping um, to, for your health. And we never think about, well, I'm just going to miss my meals for the day because I don't have time for that. Um, I'm not going to uh, sleep because I just don't have time for that. We know that those are really important. And the exercise is just as important. I just said 35 chronic illnesses are decreased by exercising on a regular basis. And I just go, what you've got to do is figure out a time. Now, a lot of people will say, what is the best time of day to exercise? And some people, it is in the evening, but the majority of us, if we don't start off at the beginning of the day and exercise, more often than not, we will have some excuse or we're just too tired by the end of the day. So I tell people, you know, you've got to set your alarm and you're going to go for and just and don't plan on even a half hour. If you're not not exercising, plan on just 15 minutes of an exercise program. And if it's just getting out of the house and walking down the street for 15 minutes at a pretty good pace, that's something to do. But you've got to and you've got to have do the little tricks. My little trick, of course. I people go, well, Dr. Burrow, you're the medical director at Canyon Ranch. You must love to exercise. And the reality is, I don't really love the exercise, but I know is how important it is. So I play the trick of I put my shoes right beside my my tennis shoes right beside my bed, and as soon as I wake up in the morning, I got to step on my tennis shoes, and it reminds me this is what I've got to do. And uh, so. I, I, I don't use that excuse anymore. I say, if you've got time to eat, you've got time to exercise because it, it just it's just so important for your health. On the topic of what's moderate, I now I love to walk and I've got two Labrador retrievers, so that helps keeping me walking. But the getting your heart rate part up, I don't like so much. But what I've been reading is that it doesn't have to be that whole 30 minutes, that interval training, just a little bit of getting your heart up on a regular basis, a moderate approach um, is effective. Is that right? That inter- just some intervals will help you? So, so interval training is um, exercising at a, uh, and pushing yourself to the point that you get your heart rate up above 85% of that predicted heart, uh, predicted heart rate. Remember I said for a good exercise, it's between 70 and 85. So you've got to push it up at different intervals. There's different ways of doing that. Uh, if you're on a treadmill, for example, you can be going at a normal pace, and then a, a quarter of the time you push your heart rate, uh, you speed it up or you increase your incline, so you're pushing and you feel your heart rate going up above that 85%. Is there advantages in this, doing this versus a regular cardio? Well, actually, you can burn up twice as many calories. Uh, you can spend half the amount of time exercising to get the same effect as the cardio exercise. So. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of advantages to it. The only I think my, the one disadvantage that I see in the interval exercises, it's not very much fun. If you can barely do the cardio exercise, interval training can be sometimes a little bit more difficult. It all depends on the person's personality. Myself personally, as I've gotten older, I believe it or not, I've I've done less interval training because when you do interval training, you have the potential for having more strains. Uh, because you're really pushing yourself up there a little bit. But if you're really limited in time, uh, certainly you can do in 15 minutes an interval training what you can do in 30 minutes of a regular cardio exercise. And you mentioned calories a, a minute ago. I So much of thinking about health is related to diet and nutrition. And I, I've noticed that Canyon Ranch has um, 
changed a bit on that front over time. I it feels to me like the variety is bigger, the volume is bigger, and uh, some of the um, uh, dishes you order, and you're serving coffee now. Things change over time. What what is a good moderate starting point? Well. Life goes on, and, and the re- reality is you need to have people want to follow your healthy ways, and what do we know about coffee? Well, if you have a history of high blood pressure that's uncontrolled, if you're a very anxious person, if you're trying to get to sleep at night, if you have uh, any kind of cardiac uh, rhythm disturbance, no, I, I'm going to tell you not to drink the coffee. But what do we know if you have one cup of coffee a day? If you don't have that stuff going on, it's probably absolutely fine. We have to always remember um, that the half-life of coffee or caffeine is about seven hours. So if you had a cup of coffee seven hours later, you still got a half of that cup of coffee in your system. That's why if you're having problems with your sleep, you got to be wary about what, what time of the day you take it. But so a cup of coffee here or there, and actually there's some good, some studies out there that feel it may be good for the brain in, in making it sharp. It just, you know, it's always that what is best for you? And there are some people who are very anxious. Coffee's not a good thing. There are other people that they can drink one or two cups of coffee in the morning and they're absolutely fine. There's, we see no negative outcomes to that. As far as um, the amount, I think uh, it, it used to be more Spartan here. I think that was even before I got here. It was at much smaller servings. I think we've realized that uh, we can liberalize that a little bit more. I think the bottom line is what's happening to your weight? You know, What's happening to your waist size? If it's going down, your weight's going down, your waist size is, is going down, or if you're trying to maintain it's doing fine, then what you're eating is probably okay. But certainly, if, if, if things are going the other direction, that's when you're going to have to start, well, my portion, I need to be more concerned about my portion control. So again, it's very individualized. We give general healthy recommendations, but we also feel that the, it's the individualization that is the, is the key to, I think, what, what our success here. What about um, oh, vitamins and uh, supplements and herbs and all of those kind of things? Is there a moderate approach? So, so the answer is again, it's very important to go back. There's 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 two ways of looking at this. The the first way is um, again the individualization. Everybody has different needs. Okay, so. This one size fits all for especially vitamins or supplements is just absolutely wrong. Um, let's take vitamin D. Now, the, the, everybody says everybody needs vitamin D now, okay? And because, and majority of people do need vitamin D because they have all listened to the physicians and they've listened to all the reports that the sun causes skin cancer. The most common cancer we get is skin cancer. So, where's the most common culprit? It's the sun. So everybody's lathered up, putting on hats, putting on blankets. They go outside, they don't get the sun like they used to. So more often than not, the vitamin D level is low. But not everybody needs it. I have checked people here in Arizona that live here, their vitamin D level is low. I've checked people in Seattle and their vitamin D level is fine. You need to check the level because this is one of those things that you can get toxic and you can get ill with because it's one of the four fat-soluble vitamins, that's K, A, D, and E. And those are fat-soluble, which means they can hang around, and if you're taking too much, they will stay around and you can get toxic. I actually had a person who went into kidney failure and liver failure 
because they took uh, excessive amounts of vitamin D. So make sure you check with your doctor before you're taking vitamin D to just check your level in the first place. And if you go on it, then you should probably check it again in a finite period later, depending on what your doctor thinks, and recheck the level to make sure it's in the right range. When I got here to Canyon Ranch 15 years ago, they were advising a lot more supplements. They felt that we, um, that our diets or whatever, and probably at that time, 15 years ago, our diets may not have been as good as they are now, but um, we were advising more supplementation. We were doing a lot more testing, but we've kind of really gotten away from that because we really feel, you know, we were born to eat real food and supplements should be used as the term says, supplementation. There are individuals that just can't absorb uh, certain B vitamins because of certain physical conditions. They need to be checked. They need B vitamins. If you imbibe it, for example, in too much alcohol, even if you're eating well, alcohol hinders the absorption of certain B vitamins. You probably need more B vitamins. If you have some of the uh, malabsorption syndromes, the worst, of, one of the worst, of course, is celiac, which we all hear about all the time, which is uh, a sense sensitivity to gluten, those people, because they have a really um, messed up absorptive system across their gut, they absorb very few vitamins uh, and, and minerals, and so you have to constantly check and make sure they're getting the appropriate amount. Those are kind of the extremes. I don't even recommend anymore a multivitamin for everyone because there was a huge study done in several years ago, and they looked at 38,000 individuals in Iowa and had two different groups and they looked at the morbidity and the mortality associated with those people that took vitamins, a multivitamin, and those that did not, really didn't see any difference. So um, I don't recommend it for everyone. There are certain people that probably need it. What about, uh, what about herbals? Do I recommend herbals? Occasionally I do, and some people uh, advise more. Some people like herbals over regular routine pharmaceutical drugs. Um, one of the, the examples I commonly use, I will use ginger. Um, I really like ginger because, uh, number one, it settles down your stomach, and I'm using it more or less for people that have arthritis because it has uh, anti-arthritic uh, chemicals in it. They're called COX-2 inhibitors, which are the same chemicals that you find in the prescription drug for arthritis called Celebrex. And I recommend ginger root uh, to take it every day. They, it doesn't work as rapidly as some of the arthritis pills. It's not like you take one and you feel better. But if you take ginger root and taking it on a regular basis, it really has been shown to help decrease arthritic pain of wear and tear arthritis. Would it be the best for somebody that has a real more aggressive arthritis like rheumatoid? Probably not. But, but the majority of all of us have some form of arthritis, especially as we get older. And ginger is fine. It, ginger is... And, all, and uh, I use it for even for people that have upset stomach, which your mom used to give you when you were little. You know, they gave, she gave you ginger ale because it settled your stomach down. So I think in, in different cases, I've used different things. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. Are you ready to make a difference in the world? The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University can give you the skills to do just that. The school offers a multidisciplinary approach where public policy, environmental studies, and entrepreneurship come together to educate tomorrow's leaders. 
Learn more about the Masters in Public Administration or Environmental Studies by visiting ohio.edu backslash Voinovich School. So in all things in your book, you go through a lot of topics saying, look, there's a middle way. It's not the same for everyone, but in all things, there's a middle way. One that kind of surprised me when I first look at the table of contents is that you even have a moderate approach to cleanliness. You want to tell us about that a little bit? Well, that's interesting. You know, I I came from a, a family where my mother, who was born in the 20s, she's 95 right now, uh, they knew that uh, that uh, bacteria caused um, infections, uh, but they didn't have anything really to treat it except by cleanliness. So our, our house used to be so clean, it smelled like Clorox all the time. And then we came along with antibiotics, and oh my gosh, it was, was going to be the cure-all, be-all for everything. And um, so, you know, we we overused antibiotics. We tried to keep ourselves, our bodies clean. And by and what, what happened is now we have all these resistant bugs out there that um, because we've overused antibiotics and now we've got more of a problem than anything. It was just, just in the past couple of days, there was a great article in the New York Times talking about the... Um, the overuse of antibiotics for urinary tract infections and how they're having a really difficult time with all these resistance bugs. So yes, if you have a strep infection, if you have a true bacterial pneumonia, thank God we still have antibiotics. Those are the times to be appropriate and, and use them. But just because you have a sniffly nose, a little cold, that's a virus and antibiotic is gonna work. So being more discretionary on the use of antibiotics. Also, I think uh, there's, some, there's, there's the, um, the hygiene theory, which you may have been thinking about if you read that chapter, um, the hygiene theory is the feeling that we have just kept everything so clean that children, uh, you know, the, in fact, is I'm probably guilty as anybody because I because I grew up in the antibiotic era that when my daughter was young, I, we, I wanted everything clean, clean, clean. And sometimes there's, uh, and I, I don't know if they, I think they did one study on it, but you know, when the baby bopper falls on the floor, do you lick it or do you just put, or you put it in a disinfectant before you put it in your child's mouth? Well, there's, there's a feeling that, okay, it's okay to have some bacteria in the environment, some things in the environment where, that your body can build up an immunity to it. When you don't give it anything to, um, to defend against, our immune system is not prepared for it. And there's actually, there's some theories that actually believe that it may be leading to this over um, abundance of people that are terribly allergic because their immune system is turned up so high when they see, when it comes in contact with anything. So it kind of goes down a different path, but I think keeping things clean is very important, but there is there there might be a limit that may be in moderation to, okay, let's clean, but let's not get crazy about this. It, it sounds like not getting crazy about anything and really focusing thoughtfully on the middle way is is good general advice but i'd like to to finish up say we have listeners out there and a lot of our listeners are pretty career focused and they work pretty hard and maybe they're not taking care of themselves if we have listeners out there who feel inspired to just do something that's a step in the way to healthier living on a moderate path where would you suggest they start? Um, I think the first thing they need to start with is a little structure. 
I think uh, it's so interesting. If you look at some of the studies, for example, um, in weight loss, people go, what is better? Is it better to be on a low fat diet or a low uh, carb diet? And studies have shown that both diets work fine in terms of weight loss. And the reason for that, and they actually work, if, if you graph it out, they both lose weight at the same rate and the same amount. And the reason for that is the person, these people are finally giving a structured diet. All the diets are relatively healthy. I think um, having a structured exercise program, not saying, okay, I think I need to go exercise next week. It never works, but you need to sit down and plan it out uh, that uh, here's the days I'm going to exercise. Here's what I'm going to do. And this is the time I'm going to do it. Same thing with your food. You're going to find out a time that you're specifically with. What is the best time for food? When am I going to go to the best? Uh, the, the grocery store is going to be giving me the food that's going to give me the healthiest food. But giving yourself structure is really important. And structure for another one that we really haven't talked much about, but the 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 evidence is overwhelming is just daily five or 10 minutes a day of meditation. There are a lot of apps out there. You don't have to sit there and meditate for two hours every day to get an effect. Just 10 minutes a day has been shown to decrease blood pressure, decrease cortisol level, decrease heart rate. Um, it's unbelievable. And it's just simply five or 10 minutes a day. And the other really interesting one when we're all worried about getting Alzheimer's is the area in the brain called your hippocampus which is associated with uh, clearing house for memory, uh, its circulation can increase up to 40% by daily exercise. I mean, daily meditation. So my feeling is you gotta map it up, you just gotta sit down and, and, and make some structure and understand that you're not going to totally fit that there are gonna be days when it's gonna be rainy, you can't go outside. There's gonna be days when the, when the kids are, are, are sick and you gotta treat them and take them, or you gotta pick them up at school. And those are just, that that's just a fact of life, but you don't, you don't throw everything away, just you kind of scratch off, this isn't gonna be a bad day, but the next day I'm going back on my routine. It's a lot like career planning. You, you start by developing some specific objectives about what you want, and then you make a plan and you start taking the steps just one by one. You just start where you are and and have some charting system or some way of um, structuring the pattern that you're going to follow as you work toward your objective, right? Absolutely. And I totally agree with and, uh, and your piece about starting one step at a time. Because so many of us will look at these, oh, I have to, the only way I'm going to be able to exercise, I have to run a marathon. Oh, I have to only go to certain these high-end uh, health foods to be healthy. No, you, you make some simple steps. Maybe your first step is going out and making it, doing a 10-minute walk, okay? But then you add on and add on. You're not going to be the marathon runner, or maybe you should never even think about doing that. But do one simple step at a time, and it's amazing how much further you'll go. Again, I'm the perfect example. When I came to Canyon Ranch, I thought I was leading a healthy life, but I didn't realize I needed to go further. And it, I didn't do it overnight, but gradually over four months, I was up to snuff as, as much as anybody else was doing here at Canyon Ranch. But it's a slow, gradual move. Well, I think that's a good note to end on. Thank you so much for the, the good advice. And uh, I'm going to go back and 
think about where what I can tweak next in my own path to health. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having me uh, here today. Today, we've been talking with Dr. Stephen Brewer about why it's time to reject extreme approaches to fitness and health care and take practical, moderate steps to support our healthy lives. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Bev Jones, author of Think Like an Entrepreneur, Act Like a CEO. Today's career tip is that you can't do your best work if you're not in the best possible shape. When you're thinking about your career goals, be sure to include goals that will support a healthy life. If you've enjoyed our show, please tell your friends. And if you have suggestions for making this podcast even better, please email me at beverlyejones at me.com. That's B-E-V-E-R-L-Y-E-J-O-N-E-S at M-E dot com.